Hi, can I help you? We're looking for a van. Any special features? Child locks. Don't want to lose anyone. No windows. Privacy. No carpet or seats. Easy to hose out. Roomy. There's going to be a lot of moving around in there. Um, what is this van going to be used for? Like everyone else, we're doing a podcast. I'm Jennifer Sandwich. I'm Lisa Sweatshirt. And I am Acadia Einstein. We're the host of Yikes! Murder and Stuff. A not-safe-for-work podcast where every week we'll bring you stories of true murder, international crimes, and abnormal psychology. If that sounds like something you're into, then put your headphones on and hop in our nondescript windowless van and come see the puppies. Yikes, murderandstuff.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to get the confession. This is Danielle. All right, go now. Now it's Dan- it's Danielle. Oh, okay, and this is Daniel, and this is Carla, and we are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast. Could you sound more mundane, Carla? Hello, bye Hoosiers. We are Hoosiers. Oh, for anyone that doesn't know, Man, sound like Hoosiers. you got a pair. Whoa, let's try that again on Hoosier Homicide. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, okay. I'll give you credit. And three hundred feet, turn left. <laughs> His Siri, Siri, what is it? Is Australian? Hey, Siri, tell me a joke. They say you'll never go hungry at the beach because of the sandwiches everywhere. <laughs> That's stupid. That's so bad. <laughs> no one wants to eat sand. Thank you, darling. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. I've called Siri dirty, dirty. I, I say Siri. Siri? Siri. I mean, it's Siri. 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 You're right. Siri. Hello, sorry. I don't use mine. Sorry. I think I said sorry. Hey, sorry. Siri. Siri, I don't know. I bet she answers it both. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Hey, Siri. I hate her. I don't have her on. (laughs) She doesn't work for you. Hey, sorry. Did you do it? No. I don't like mine. She's a Is yours even on? I don't think so. But sometimes it's not going to work. (laughs) <laughs> but it's funny to have you try. <laughs> I was trying my damn hardest to get around today, and she was not helpful to me. She knows. She, she knows. knows. I call her mean things. I have a backseat driver. Mom, red light, red light. I was like, oh. yes, in the 200 feet, a red light. <laughs> I will break when I get closer. <laughs> she is just proud of herself and trying to help. Yeah. Very proud of herself. Very, very proud. She knows the colors and what they mean. Mm-hmm. And I do too. <laughs> um, I had my work party. Yes. On at, Friday. At Banker's Life. At Banker's Life. It was in the lobby. It was really cool. Banker's Life is the name of the stadium. Pacers. Pacers. Stadium. Correct. And the fever. And the fever. Um, but they and let Garth us. And Garth Brooks. And Garth Brooks is his own stadium. Yep. Um, <laughs> And then they like let us down, go down on the court, and we were just like shooting hoops and stuff. Was it an open bar? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I took full advantage. <laughs> and then we went to a bar afterwards, and I walked in. They're like, 
yo, we got a tab going. Mm-hmm. Work has a tab. I'm like, sweet. So that's an open bar too. Yeah, it was. It was technically somehow. I still spent seventeen dollars, but I don't know what on tipping. Maybe I, I wouldn't have done that. Okay. <laughs> I would not have tipped you. <laughs> so that was fun. We had a good time. Everyone was dressed up, looking good. I came over to zip you up into your dress. Mm-hmm. But Just couldn't do I it by myself. Left before that even happened. It's all right. The toddler made sure. <laughs> <laughs> No one told me that. Yeah. I Okay, I didn't know if Riley was going to be able to get off work early or not. And then we're, it turns out she did, and they were ready to go, so it didn't really matter. Uh, yeah, so I was going well, to have to be Well, that's different. The that's dress different. Didn't I have, thought you meant- She just, like, left me hanging. Yeah. <laughs> like, good luck. Oh, man, that's rough. The dress didn't have a hook and eye thing at the top, It right? was super cheap. So, yeah. like, it was- You needed a second person. Mm-hmm. I understand. So, instead, while you were getting ready, the toddler made us take down your Christmas tree. I'm not mad about no, it. No, that's what she had. I came over to take your Christmas tree down. I just didn't know that's what I was doing. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And then mom changed the filter in your furnace. Yeah. And then swept your floor. I was like, <laughs> I was whatever. Like, Why are we here? What's going on? <laughs> to clean. What happened? What, what happened? happened? You took a, a cat nap at the tin I roof? Took a t- I took a cat nap at the tin roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They send you home after you take, take they, a they, nap? They do send you home after <laughs> you take a nap. you go sleep at the bar, they go, it's time to go home, sweetie. Like, you got to go. You got uh, to go. Okay, I'll go. Okay, go. Yeah, sorry. That's, I'll go. I'm sorry. Honestly, I've never fallen asleep more at a bar than I have at the tin roof. Is there something about the... I ambience? fall asleep every time I'm there. Maybe it has a good warm feeling. Yeah. So do they know, oh, here's Carla. She's going to fall asleep. I don't know. Get it? I was a cat. You said you took a cat nap at the tin roof, and that's immediately what I thought of. I was the cat. She was the cat. Took a nap at the tin roof. And it was a hot tin roof. It was. It's a fucking freezing tin roof. There's no tin roof. No, it's not really. They don't really. Have <laughs> they don't. A tin it's roof. not even like a roof. Well, There's just like apartments. It that? It's a. It's a chain. It's a chain. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. And then I met up with Paul and Lisa last night. They're everywhere. I know. Like when we found them at the football game, they're just there. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Yeah. So that was fun. And then yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it for me. How do you tell the stories every yeah. week? Yeah. <laughs> I have it all typed out. All typed out, and I've rehearsed it in my head. Hopefully. That yeah, <laughs> I went upstairs. My favorite is when she just texts me in the middle, and I'm like, "Oh my god, in what? my own head, what's mm-hmm. happening? What? What? Who knew? What?" No, although no, let's, I, let's if talk you would have said, if, although you talking to me, if you just started there, I know what upstairs you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have an upstairs here. I no. guess that's true. No, how about when you texted me every time I go into TJ Maxx, and <laughs> I knew the rest of the text she has to take a shit. It doesn't. I don't know why. Yep. It's TJ Maxx, Tuesday morning, or Old Time Pottery. She's going to have to drop a deuce every time she walks into one of those stores. I know I it. I did today. And I knew before I re- finished. Re- oh, Carla, Carla took a dump at TJ Maxx today. That's what happened. <laughs> it's every time. I Do don't you know feel, why. Is there something in the air there? I just to walk in and I'm like, oh, I got to go. I wonder if it's the dopamine of walking in and spending money that um, all of a sudden your body's you like, need. ooh, I got to poop. <laughs> <laughs> Make room for more. <laughs> I bet there could be some link. 
It oh, could it be is every Somewhere. time. Or they're like, oh, she could be trying on clothes. <laughs> hey, after you hoop, you do lose some weight. So yeah. then things might fit better. <laughs> it is true. If you're going to weigh yourself, do it after you poop. Right, 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 right. Or first Makes thing sense. in the morning. Hey, our scale, I'm trying to figure out if it's off or not. And so I got one of his weights out there. Put it on the scale. 25 pound weight. Put it on the scale. 27.8. I was like, oh, oh, you're lying to me. I weigh two pounds less. But I don't know if it. A hundred percent works like that. I don't or know because it just has to be reset. Because different places you put the scale in the house, you weigh different. You can gain or lose four pounds depending on where you put it in the house. So I'm I was concerned. trying to, I'm trying to narrow it down. Like where, but every time I move the scale, it still said twenty seven point eight for the weight. That is, so that didn't change. But anytime I weigh myself, it'll change. It's science. It's because you pooped. <laughs> I, that I pooped scale, out a 25 just, pound scale <laughs> maybe we just need to find a better scale because I've taken that scale out in the garage mm-hmm. and got different answers just moving it around just a little yeah, that's, that's interesting yeah. it's extremely sensitive or I mean getting so it on in the same spots I've gotten different answers you want to weigh yourself in the morning after you poop naked so I'll be moving the scale around the house naked trying to get the right weight out of it that's his thought Mm-hmm. And that's a visual. And then you decide it's not worth it to know. It's, it's not, not worth, worth it. I don't anymore. care. Yep. I'll find out next year when I go to the doctor. Yep, they'll tell me. <laughs> also, a year ago, you were in the hospital with the flu. Oh, that. You want to talk about weight loss. I lost 10 pounds <laughs> yeah. from the flu. I That happened to me when I was on Summerfield Cities. Oh, yeah. Man. I came back. I was like, I'm 20 pounds lighter. I pooped all over it. That was a that was a long night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is I. There was a little chair, and I tried to like sleep in the chair. No. Oh on God! The Just go home. And no. So, but do you know who I was re- researching at one point when I felt well enough? Over no. Her Baumeister. Oh God! I and can't think about me, that guy. Now I'm gonna be freaked out. Then they gave me a push. I got of, somebody walking around my house. A push of morphine, and I was still trying to search for him. And I was like, I should tell Daniel I'm about to pass the fuck out. And I was like, morphine. <laughs> Is that what I texted you? <laughs> yeah, I think morphine. Yeah, like not positive. I or walked negative. in. I brought you like clothes, mm-hmm. and I walked in, and you like sat up in the thing. You were like. I know that guy. <laughs> and the doctor was like, they didn't, or the nurse didn't laugh at all. No. They don't think I'm funny. Sometimes they think I'm, sometimes they don't. Think I know I'm funny. that guy. I was like, me? <laughs> it's from Fast Times Original, huh? I know that dude. I was going to say, that's what I thought you yeah, probably said. But it just comes you out. You might have. Wrong. I don't know. But oh. I thought it was pretty funny. I would have got it. You stayed in the emergency room for the, the emergency room or one of the emergency rooms. It's like they said it was observation, overnight observation. It was kind of like an in-between. Yeah, but they kept you there for two days. Well, they don't want you to like throw your brains up, throw up your brains, right? I have. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Yep. So. And now we know next time just to give you morphine. Yeah, it'd be great. I don't like to pass that Also, get the flu shot, everyone. No, everyone get the flu shot. If you ever get sick, I, I, I would tell them what happened. And if they say, well, we're not going to do that, then I would let it go for a minute. And mm-hmm. then when it didn't stop, I'd say, we're calling our family doctor. Yeah, because we don't, I didn't figure it out until I had our daughter that if I'm in pain, I'll just start throwing up and it just won't stop. Mm. A- immediate reaction. Yes. But like, here, let me yes. fix that pain for you by just throwing up yes. so you don't But remember. I kind of do that too. Mm-hmm. I have that. Or like, you have to poop. That I like time just shit was a my lot brain better out. though than the emergency room because yeah. when I was, when we were at the, uh, or when you were given birth, 
Given birth. When you were given birth, uh, when you had her, you know, I was like all, ex- you're like nervous, excited, doing shit. And I'm like running around doing stuff. And like, I went into full on dad mode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's time. It's here. We're doing this. Yeah. Yep. And I do remember asking uh, the doctor that delivered her, um, telling her that I, you know, she had to manually break your water. And I told her I was expecting the scene from the cone heads where she floods the basement. And the doctor actually laughed and said, I think I remember that. You got a doctor to laugh. Hey, you just don't want to laugh when you're getting the epidural put in. You don't want to move when they're doing that. Don't move. That's okay. Maybe I'll never find out. No, it's always better to just never find out. <laughs> but if you want to find out what it feels like to shit in a TJ Maxx, you should do that. It's it's calming. Mm-hmm. It's release. Do they have candles lit anywhere, or just like you could take your own candle? You in could there. take your own candle <laughs> if you smoke. You <laughs> just have your grab lighter. a candle. You could bring a and handful. take it in there with you. Make it a peaceful experience. Yeah, I bet they have a water element of like a fountain you could probably plug in. You could do that. They have those there. It's also a onesie, so it's private. Yeah. You don't have to share the bathroom with anyone. And they already have music, so I guess, well, you could probably bring your iPhone. You then. just could really make a, a day of it. Of shitting at TJ Maxx. Just don't take the merchandise in there because they don't no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't approve. <laughs> We're going to dedicate this episode to my friend Nikki, who I work with. She, I would say, is an avid listener. And likes us and has been supportive since day one. And her brother tragically passed away a little over a week ago. So we'd just like to dedicate this podcast to him and her and her family. Um, Very sorry for what happened. But we will dedicate this to him and his remembrance. Thank you for listening, everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get the show going. Do it. Do it. Okay. The Connection? I don't know if I want to say it because it would give it away. Just go then. I will say, though, that ironically, Daniel came home with an Oreo cream pie from his parents' house for me. Then did he give you an Oreo cream pie? Boom, boom. (laughs) What is that? I don't know. (laughs) Why would make it an Oreo cream pie? Uh, If you had crabs? Yeah, Uh, maybe. Look up Urban Dictionary. Speaking of, have you seen your Snapchat from me? I got new friends. I did see. Yes. You got crabs. I got a crab. Okay. A crab. A crab. I did see that. And I've come to realize those two shrimp I have, they are fucking lazy. Lazy ass motherfucking shrimps. Cannibals, too. Uh oh. What Oreo cream pie means? No. <laughs> no, I don't know if I want to know. When a black guy comes, <gasps> it's racist. When... You can't say that. Black guy comes is the pussy, and another black guy comes in the butt. Oh, oh I got it. Like uh, Wait, I got it. We're talking about double time. Okay, so yeah, so it's, it's two, two. So one in so the we're mi- saying white in the middle. Then. Yeah. Oh, I feel real wrong for reading uh, that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, well that wasn't you, us. That's an Uber, Urban cut, Dictionary. You cut that out. Oreo pie. When a girl sucks your shit covered dick. After you fuck oh her in the ass, God. and you come in her mouth, Danielle, a mixture of fecal matter and semen is reminiscent of an Oreo pie. That one's better. I am going to make you go wash out your mouth <laughs> if you don't stop. That one's better, and you should know that anything that's been in your butt should not go anywhere else. No, what's not zazzle? Front- oh, it's the stickers. Excuse okay. me. Okay, 
ordered stickers. Sorry, no, no. I only yeah, anything that goes in your ask. butt should not go anywhere, anywhere else. else. Like I'm that's not pretty gonna, important. I'm going to judge your kink that if you like it in the back. Well, you should rinse rink, off. <laughs> rinse it off first. Yeah, scrub a dub dub. Anyways, okay, Oreo cream pie. <laughs> now I don't want to eat the pie. I got. I'll eat it. <laughs> The year, my friends, is 2005. Not that long ago. Okay. Mm, I was Carla, good. where were you in 2005? I was in sixth grade. Mm. Fifth or sixth grade. I was graduating, or in, I was a senior. I'll get into the location in a minute because it doesn't matter here at the beginning. Got it? You got it. It's in Indiana. Tammy was a 47-year-old divorced mother of three teenage daughters. She was a very attractive blonde with some same artificial enhancements. Not, not same. Get a little extra boobalage going. Yeah. Artificial enhancements. She was introduced to Alan Duvall, a 59-year-old also divorced father that had served some time in the Navy. Tammy believed that because Alan dressed like he had money, that he, in fact, was a wealthy man. It's amazing how that works. Dress to impress. Yeah. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> when, in fact, he did not have a lot of money. He worked a lot at some different odd jobs, landscaping, maintenance at a day's end. He worked at a jewelry shop. I think he worked on an oil rig at one point. So he's the type of guy that I think always had enough money to pay his bills and everything, but he wasn't exactly saving up for any extravagant big items. He just, you know. 59-year-old Alan appeared all but guaranteed to cheer up the new divorcee. He was over six foot tall, and he had very nice dark black hair. He was always the life of the party, happy guy. Everybody loved him. And while he was more than 10 years older than Tammy, he didn't look it. He took care of himself. He played basketball. He jogged. And like Tammy, he was recently divorced with grown children. You know, because they felt like he was lonely, and, you know, he's such a good guy. You know, we need to hook him up and get him happy. It was at my aunt's wedding. They sat together at a table, had some drinks. It was like they were a match made in heaven. Tammy and Alan both said that they thought they had met the love of their life. And they quickly made up for lost time. So when after they were introduced, how long do you think it took before they got married? Three months. Less. Let me guess. Let me. Oh. Sorry, sorry. Two weeks. Three weeks. <gasps> Ooh, I win because oh we're gosh. playing Price is Right. I still don't rules. understand Price is Right. I don't okay. think I do either. <laughs> so, Price is Right rules. Um, I'm trying to think something that I know what cost. Well, okay. Are you trying okay, to be? Let's say this okay. cell phone to buy this this iPhone is a hundred bucks. Okay. I know that I'm hosting the game show. You're the two contestants that get called down at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You guess. $102. Okay. You guess $50. Now, okay. you were closer, but since you went over, you uh, win. Got it. So uh, it doesn't matter who's closest. Right. It's trying to at least stay under. under. I've been watching Prices Right for a long time, on and off, you know? I just I had trust and faith It's like in the them. thing that you spin the spin wheel it. and you try to equal a dollar, I think. Yeah, you don't want to bust. You don't want to go, you don't want to bust a dollar. So, I this whole time, I've just been putting my faith and trust in them and thinking, yeah, that seems right. Seems right. Sure, I go, I with, go that. with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they really like each other and she's got really nice boobs. Sometimes it be like that. Sometimes. That's all it took for me, you know. <sighs> Mine are not artificially enhanced. 
he just you just said you no 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 you didn't say that you said just like because of nice boobs oh, okay after the wedding they went on a honeymoon to jamaica nope uh uh puerto rico hawaii okay <laughs> <laughs> only they couldn't exactly afford to do that trip which i understand sometimes you put it on a credit card sometimes sometimes it do be like, like that. yeah yeah but after the trip Tammy would get cash from Alan anytime she needed it because she would say, hey, I paid for that trip, so like you need to give me some cash in exchange, you know, because I put it all on my credit card. And it's like, that's like cash advance. Isn't that what that is? Like getting cash out of your credit card? It's a cash advance and it's Mm-mm. not the best idea if you can no. afford it because you're going to pay way more in interest. Yeah. So she's using him like an ATM because she paid for their vacation. Mm-hmm. Next, she wanted Alan to move out of the days in, so he got to stay there for free because you do maintenance. Like, this is a bachelor life, if I do say so myself. I don't think they really do that anymore. I don't know. Depends, I guess, on the place. So you get married, and they want you to buy a house for them, correct? Yes. That is correct. That is correct. I want a house. At the time, Tammy's youngest daughter still lived at home, and she was not a fan of Alan, who always seemed to be drinking. Tammy also had a secret bank account of her own so she could fund her shopping sprees and simply hid the bills she did not want to pay. I like Tammy. Hey, I understand not wanting to open a bill and kind of stack it under the other bills and be like, I don't really want to talk about this bill right now. But if you hide them, they, in fact, do not go away. No. She had to have the best of everything, you know, makeup perfect, hair perfect, new clothes, new this, new that, new car. Money, however, wasn't the biggest problem the couple faced. Well, we all knew that that, uh, Alan drank. He always had a beer in his hand. And on the weekends, it wasn't uncommon for Alan and a friend to polish off an entire keg. Fifteen and a half gallons of beer. Me and him. No help from anybody else. That keg would be empty on Sunday. But the most amazing thing about Alan's drinking wasn't how much he drank. It was how little it fazed him. Alan was an alcoholic, but Alan could function. But I never, ever in my life saw him drunk. Functional or not, Tammy pushed her husband to reform. She wanted him to quit drinking. To the dismay of his friends and drinking buddies. You're supposed to be marrying somebody for what they are. After all, as far as they were concerned, Tammy had her own addictions. She had a shopping problem. She would spend all kinds of money all the time on clothes and shoes, perfume. Between them, Tammy's spending and Alan's drinking caused considerable friction in the marriage. A year in, Tammy has decided that she wants Alan to stop drinking. Now, Alan has been drinking his entire life. But he's one of those guys that never seems drunk. He just always is holding a beer. So, an alcoholic by definition, Mm -hmm. but, you know... He's just sustaining. No one ever said he was, buzz. yeah, a violent drunk or anything like that. He just always had a beer. The life of the party. So when you tell someone who's always been drinking that they need to stop drinking, it's probably not going to go real well. Well, you have to stop drinking, but I get to continue to buy whatever the fuck I want. Hmm. Then a neighbor tells Alan that a strange man has been coming and going from his house when he isn't home. Oh no. Hmm. Oh no. And that neighbor. Nosy little fuck. Mind your own business. I agree. He immediately, Park wherever you want. Yeah. 
He immediately suspected Tammy was cheating and he closed their joint bank accounts. Can you do that? Could you just walk in and close our checking account? No. So I don't know. Not without a death certificate. You mean you can never close it, is what you're saying. Can you withdraw all the money? Uh, Depends on how it's set up, I believe. Yeah, okay. So maybe it was that. you couldn't kick me off of it. You couldn't go in and say, don't let Danielle have any more money. I don't think so. Not without. The only way I could pull you off is to walk in with a death certificate and say... I killed her. I mean, I didn't kill her. I didn't do it. I didn't <laughs> no, do she. It. Her name doesn't. No longer needs to be on this. Here's right. why. Or what if you got otherwise? Divorced? You can't remove. The only way to get off is for you have to actually go into the bank and tell them I want. Okay, off. so I, this God, may not so you have can't been... take someone else off, but you can remove yourself. Yeah, I don't think I can just now since it was originally my checking account and I added you to it. Ooh, there a loophole? I don't know. So that could have been the case if it was originally. I wouldn't his checking think so, account. but maybe, maybe. I don't know. Or he canceled her credit cards. He did something where she noticed that the cash flow right. Was or he stopped. could have with he could have drained the account. Yeah, that too. So he started drinking heavily, and the police were later called because of a reported altercation between him and Tammy's daughter. So they don't really know what happened. She said he hit me. She didn't have any marks on her. I don't think any, anyone actually went to jail. Whether it happened or not, I don't know. The couple then separated, and Alan moved out of their family home. However, he continued to meet up with Tammy once a week to have dinner, bring her flowers, or hand over cash, all in an attempt to save their marriage. Bitch like cash. Who don't? At least once a week, he would go see her. She would fix him something to eat, and they'd talk about getting back together, maybe. And he would give her money to help pay the bills. He would also bring her flowers. He just tried to do anything he could to regain her heart. And by August of 2007... After months of home-cooked meals and flowers, Alan told friends that Tammy's resolve was slipping, that she might be willing to let him move back in without giving up his drinking. He thought she'd get over it and change her mind. Or would it turn out that when it came to Alan's drinking, Tammy had been right to want him to stop? Two months later, on August 24th, 2007, in Columbus, Indiana. I know, Dad. Yeah, I know, Columbus. Where is it? It's south. It's like, I don't know, 50 minutes south of Indianapolis. Directly south, yeah, isn't it? Uh, Tony Stewart's basically from Columbus. Okay, good. Yeah, south of central Indiana. It's where the casino's at. Or, no, the casino's Shelbyville, but it's... You can, yeah. Once Mm -hmm. you're there, you're basically Mm -hmm. almost to Columbus, I think. Or at least close. A smaller city. Yeah, but it's up and coming because mm-hmm. they have Cummins there now. Yeah. And so a lot of engineers live down there. That's nice. So Columbus, Indiana, around 8 a.m., Tammy Duvall called 911 and said that she had come home to find her estranged husband, Alan, in a chair in her backyard, dead. Mm. Uh-oh. But then at around 8 o'clock that morning, a 911 call came into Columbus's EMS from 48-year-old Tammy Duvall. I think my husband is dead. Have you checked to see if he has a pulse? He does not. He's been out there all night. He fell asleep outside. I can't get him out. Okay, sweetheart. Okay. He uses alcohol. He drinks. He drinks a lot. He drinks a lot. Okay. She told authorities when they arrived that he had come to her home the evening prior to work on an air conditioning unit. She was quick to let police know that her husband was a very heavy drinker and had apparently slept outside because he was too drunk to drive home. Which is good. Don't drink and drive. Yep. 
Indiana investigators were suspicious, and Allen's family members requested an autopsy. Not only would Tammy try to prevent an autopsy from being performed, she was insistent on having his body cremated, despite the fact that he had a burial plot already available and wished for a military funeral because he had served in the Navy. So he's ready to go with his... He got his shit planned out. Yeah, which is good. But she's saying, no, no, no. I want it. We've been married for two years. I get to decide. He's cre- he's going to be cremated. Once she told the authorities about Alan's long history of alcoholism, it was the official finding, too. Coroner made a determination, alcohol intoxication, and heat stroke. Case closed. The coroner had ruled the death accidental. It was uh, uh, alcohol poisoning. He drank himself to death. And by the next morning, Tammy had started the grim task of contacting Alan's family with the news. You didn't have enough alcohol in that town to kill that man. By that afternoon, the Columbus police were besieged with concerned calls from Alan's family and friends. The front desk officer contacts me, says, hey, people are upset about this. They're concerned about it. Detective March Crutchton requested an autopsy of Alan's body stating that he was one of the healthiest dead people he'd ever seen. So even the detective looking, and the detectives attend the autopsies uh, a lot of the time. So he was looking at him. He didn't seem like an unhealthy individual, that anything would be wrong. And Tammy was forced to hold a memorial with an empty urn. So she's like trying to force this funeral forward saying, just give me any urn. I don't care. And so there's nothing. His body is not in the urn. It's heading autopsy done. Seems a bit odd. Yeah. It was determined that he did not die from alcohol poisoning. So it was a really hot Indiana day. And they suspected that he had come over to work on the air conditioning and he cut the grass and was drinking and then was really hot and sat down in like a pop-up chair and died from heat exhaustion and alcohol poisoning. So, I mean, that's an accidental death and that shit does happen. And... That's why I don't cut the grass. That wouldn't be I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't be a fun way to go. No, not at all. It was determined that he did not die from alcohol. Ugh. He did seem to have alcohol in his system. 0.436. The legal limit in, in Indiana is 0.08. Shit. So So he didn't have alcohol poisoning? He did well, he was pretty drunk, but remember, oh it seemed drunk, but his tolerance. God, but to have point four. That's pretty high, right? That'll like f- kill you, right? He was a bigger guy, and I think mm-hmm. his tolerance it was, was high. Wait, what was it? Point, point four, four, three, six. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they if, think it makes a difference alone. if they're a huge person, like yeah, that, and he had a high I mean, tolerance. It's at least five times the legal limit. I guess yeah. you hear people being yeah mm-hmm. that, and a large amount of muscle relaxers. Oh, about eight times the therapeutic dose. So, but his official cause of death will be based on a lethal dose of liquid morphine at approximately a hundred times. Hot magma. Hundred <laughs> times a therapeutic <laughs> dose. Detective Crutchen was now conducting a homicide investigation. How the hell do you get liquid morphine? Ah, it's a good question. The police, family, and friends. Drug dealers. Do they carry liquid? Yes. Morphine? Well, there you, you find go. the right one. How do some you of them do? How do you know? You watch enough documentaries about rock stars <laughs> oh, okay. or anything of the sorts, and you find out these guys admit, oh, yeah, I was all, I was 
hooked on morphine and different items and stuff. I will say, if you're going to go, to go with morphine in your system, I would think is the better way to go out of a lot of yeah, other Yeah, because a doctor's not going to write a famous person a fucking script for more. I mean, maybe no. there are some cases, but God, if they if they die, it's right there on record and you're going down with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The police, friends, and family were not the only ones who were suspicious of Tammy. So was the insurance company that she expected to pay out a hundred grand policy. Oh, oh no, Tammy. Oh, the policy was enacted a short time prior to his death, and the insurance agent in charge of the policy was named Gary Ruddle. Tammy and Gary were having an affair. (gasps) No, he advised Tammy not to attempt to collect on the policy, seeing as it was still in the grace period, quote unquote. And would look suspicious. It does, Tammy. It does look suspicious. Tammy, it do. She did not listen, however, and the Motorist Life Insurance Company assigned an investigator, Dennis Thompson. Thompson? Yeah. Dennis Thomas? Ah, two first names. I don't like that. To the case, and he would end up working with local police. So the insurance company, you give them a bunch of money and they can still, like, investigate your claims. They don't just hand it over. And short time prior, I think, was very short. The investigation revealed that Alan and Tammy Duvall had been separated for several months, had significant financial problems. Creditors were continually calling the residents to discuss delinquencies of various consumer accounts and past due vehicle payments. Daniel, what do they do with your vehicles if you don't pay the bill? They repossess them. Well, eventually them. they come and they get it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have, uh, I've been with a guy before repoing a vehicle. Oh, is that interesting? Yes. A scary? Yes. It's a bad day yeah. for everyone that gets their car taken away from them. Yeah, well, I was sure. with a guy who was a private investigator. Oh, okay. Just, but it was weird because they came in, they scooped, they picked the fucker up and dragged it away and they put okay. it down and then he loaded it properly. Okay, so you don't, you just get it out of there. Their house was in foreclosure proceedings and college tuition for Tammy's youngest daughter had come due. Alan had only recently begun to work with the glass installation company after several job changes and Tammy's earning as a certified nurse's aide were inadequate for the mounting financial obligations. Some friends admitted that they knew of an insurance policy that Tammy had gotten Alan to sign, but he had been told that it was mortgage insurance on the home and he and Tammy were reconciling. Hmm. Friends and family of Tammy knew that they were not going to be reconciling at all. While being interrogated by the detectives, Tammy stated that she saw Alan asleep in the chair in the backyard that next morning. She shook him awake and tells him to go the fuck home. So he like passed out in her backyard, woke up the next morning to go home. And she leaves her work. Upon arriving home from early morning health care duties, she found Alan now dead in the lawn chair and immediately called 911. She tried, without success, to pull Alan from his chair to perform CPR. When confronted with information by authorities that Tammy had called her boyfriend first, she would concede only that she may have made a couple other calls prior to calling 911 and blamed her memory and reaction on shock. I was in shock, so I called my boyfriend. My boy fee. Wait to know. I am not this horrible person. I did not murder my husband. Okay, and explain to explain to us what happened. I did not trick Alan into life insurance policy. Okay. He had mentioned to me that when we married, he had no savings, no retirement, had his credit cards maxed out, and had no no 
anything. And he said that he never had considered ever having anything because he had no one to leave it to. But he, in our conversation, said that it would be something that he really wanted to do for me and for my children in case anything were to ever happen. And I encouraged him to do that. But my rule was he couldn't move home until he could prove to me that, number one, he could hold down a job for a period of time and get good evaluations, and that he had to not necessarily quit drinking totally, but not to drink on a daily basis. I understand. So that night he said he wanted to talk. And I said, okay, I made chicken salad, and I had gone to the farmer's market, and I had cut up all this stuff. And he came in, and yes, he had been drinking. And he sat down at the table and wouldn't eat very much, took his shirt off, and said that he was hot. And he said that he just wasn't willing to live if he couldn't move back home and have free reign and do the things that he wanted to do. Okay. And so did he have any of the food? Yeah. You did sit down and eat? We sat down together. I fixed his plate. He said, like, this is a table. That's the patio door. He sat there. I sat there. He had a couple bites of chicken salad. He ate one slice of sliced tomato and ate part of the pudding dessert that I made. And what kind of pudding dessert was it? Oh, it's that recipe where you roll up Oreo cookies and their crumbs, and then you mix pudding and cream cheese. So dirt pudding? That's it. Okay. Early in the investigation, Tammy suggested that Alan had been a drug user. However, she claimed to lack any specific knowledge of what Alan had ingested or how he did so. So she's basically just saying, he do drugs. He do drugs all the time. And they're like, what kind of drugs? All them. All them. All the time. All the drugs. Ultimately, in an interview with detectives and Bartholomew County Prosecutor William Nash, Duvall stated that she had observed Alan take muscle relaxers of the brand name Flexeril, which he had allegedly obtained from his cousin. Alan's cousin had hosted the Duvalls at a block party shortly before Alan's death. His cousin habitually left her medication, including a very large bottle of Flexeril, on a table inside their front door. <laughs> so here, are, welcome everybody to our house, chips, dip, drugs, right there, <laughs> Flexeril. Help yourself. Help yourself. After the party, the bottle of Flexeril appeared to be less full. But where do we keep our drugs? Like, as you walk in, they're like, here's the drugs, none of which will fuck you up, but there they are. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like if there's people coming over, we I hide move them. Yeah, I move them. Yeah, you want to hide your drugs. You're having a block party, doesn't that mean the whole neighborhood and we keep all our drugs on the little nightstand at the front door? That, Not I don't to mention, like that. no one comes in this house. Like, we just don't have people running in mm-hmm. and out. So if someone came in to work on something yeah, and they stole drugs it, and we drugs- noticed they were missing, well, plus... A, they're not going to have any fun with them. Well, no. B, you'd know who did it. Mm-hmm. I've, we've had Flexeril before. Yeah, actually, yeah. When I was pregnant, you, I could take that. And I've had it just for various... I feel like it's... Yeah, but I guess you'd take enough of it. Tammy also described seeing Alan on the last evening of his life in possession of an eyedropper-type bottle with a lavender-color liquid inside. 
a description that consisted with liquid morphine of the brand Roxanol that he downed the bottle after she told him they would not be reconciling their marriages. So that, well, if I can't be with you, I don't want to be alive. So she's saying he committed suicide without saying he committed suicide. He comes in, he drinks, you eat. He doesn't eat very much. Then does he go outside first and then go back to the truck and get drugs? Or does he get up from the dinner table and go get the drugs? No, he goes from the dinner table to the outside so he comes back in. He, he's gone outside a little before nine. The sun's setting. Had your show started before he went to get the drugs? No. So it was pretty tight, close in time. He goes out, and then pretty quickly after that, he goes out to the truck to get the drugs. Rocks and all. Here's my pills too. He brings them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And did he right then? Did he just start doing droppers of it, or what? Did, did you see him actually take any of the rocks and all? He took. A couple dropper holes. And I just want to say, to this day, I do not believe that Alan committed suicide. I believe that he had developed such a pattern of drinking for that euphoric high and using that he, and he often said, I am so healthy, and his physical turned out good and everything, that I really believe that. But no, you said, he, wait a minute, I'm sorry, you said he said he didn't want to live anymore, and if he couldn't if he, to live under your rules, he wasn't going to live. Then that's what he said. Okay, okay. But I think it was just a big accident that he had said that after he had been drinking, and you know, oftentimes you say things that you don't really mean, and your personality can change when you're drinking, that I don't really think that he meant that. Okay. But the time... It sounded like he was saying, I'm going to end it all at the time. At the time. Okay. But you don't really believe him. You think, I think he, he was, was pretending saying, like he was going to, he was saying that for effect to kind of get a rise out of you. I believe that. She admitted to disposing of the empty medication and alcohol bottles after Alan's death because he killed himself and she didn't want anyone to know it was a suicide. So the other, so she's saying he, you know, chugged this bottle in front of her of whole uncut liquid morphine what do we think that would do to you solid An entire animal. bottle of morphine i don't know i don't know but whatever it is you wouldn't feel it no so she's saying like he took that and then and besides the fact that men usually use firearms when committing suicide especially someone that was probably in the military would right does they know how to use the gun yes and if Just they wanted not saying a man can't right kill himself with drugs but usually and probably this guy in particular would have so however those who knew alan insisted that he was opposed to ingesting drugs tammy would tell detectives that he came over to their house to have a light dinner that she had made and she had served alan at least two long island iced teas while he was at her home they ate fruit chicken salad and an oreo cream pie she had made oh, oh. so there was someone else there yeah <laughs> <Just> <laughs> But this is different. What we have is ice cream. Okay. Oh. Oreo. I think I know what you're talking about. But still, what are the odds that your mom would call me up and offer me an Oreo-type dessert? Right after you've been researching this. God works in mysterious ways, Danielle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As it turned out, Tammy loved true crime documentaries. And she knew to commit a crime of this magnitude on a weekend so that an on-call detective would be the one to catch the case. 
and then have your victim's remains cremated as soon as possible so there would be no evidence. Well, I like this stuff too, and I didn't know that. I don't think that's true, though, on Weekend Detectives, because if you listen to the Menina Files, she is a homicide detective in Indianapolis, one of the first women to be, I think, or Mm -hmm. she spent her whole life doing police work, and she has her own podcast, The Menina Files, and it's all different stuff that happened in Indianapolis. She did have a show called The Shift mm-hmm. at one point that they did a season of. I think that she might be doing another show. She said you were just on the ball. Like whoever was going to catch a case next, you it didn't matter if like it was the weekend or you had vacation plans or anything. If you're on rotation and you're the next detective up, then you're going to get the next homicide. It's yeah. not, oh, I'm a weekend detective, so I don't have to try as hard. Yeah, that wouldn't that doesn't make any sense anyway. Sorry, Tammy, you didn't watch enough true crime documentaries. Yeah. The police were unable to connect Tammy to the morphine, even when her oldest daughter told police that her mother had killed her stepfather. So the oldest daughter is like, my mom is nuts. Like, she did this. She did this. They're probably smart. They don't want to get in trouble either. So they're just like, this is what I know. So they still, they probably know that she did this, but they don't know how to say where she got the morphine from. The flexural, they don't have proof that she gave it to him or anything like that. Until she begins to call the investigators asking about the status of the case because she wants the life insurance policy to go through. In doing so, she provided the detectives with more information about her previous employers. Hmm. So she's unwittingly. So she's probably thinks she's so smart that they don't think she's guilty of this. So I can can talk to the police and it won't get me in trouble. In March of 2007, a nursing home that Tammy previously worked in documented the disappearance of a nearly full bottle of rocks and all. Okay. Oops. Tammy was the only one near the area at the time, but she had denied taking the bottle and had blamed it on a relative of a patient who the nurse said had not been there at all. The bottle had been written up as spilled. So like lost goods. Mm -hmm. My bad. So I don't know how much longer she worked there. Or I don't know if she got fired for so that. she's dumb. She's kept giving him more yeah, information like, thinking, yeah, it doesn't so matter they, what I say. Yeah, they called up the nursing home. They're like, tell me about Tammy Duvall. And like, oh, that one. She took a bottle of morphine. We just couldn't prove it. Like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Three years later, August 2010, the state charged Tammy Duvall with murder, six counts of insurance fraud, and three counts of obstruction of justice. At the time of Alan's death, Tammy was a certified nursing assistant and worked for a home health company. The defense at her 2011 trial would have to explain how the morphine had gotten into Alan's system. Like, he came to your house, fine, and you're saying he ingested morphine willingly, and then you disposed of the bottles. While it appears friends and family did not dispute the fact that Alan may have drank more than he should have, there seemed to be no one that believed he did or had anything to do with drugs of any kind, prescription or otherwise. He just liked his beer. He just liked his beer. During the trial... More facts began to unfold, and that in June of 05, Tammy had reported a theft of property to her insurance company and had apparently accused ex-boyfriend Stephen Brown that he believed that around Thanksgiving of 2004, Tammy had attempted to poison him and then get him to sign life insurance documents. Of course. Tammy. So you can't, just, <laughs> you can't just bring that into trial, I think, is what so Tammy's defense did not want him to testify at her trial. And the judge agreed that unless the defense opened the door, they could not. So the defense has to say something that lets the prosecution continue to talk about it, mm-hmm. is my simpleton explanation. However, the prosecution... You simpleton. Oh, yeah. The prosecution saw their opening 
As soon as the defense did their opening statement and stated that Alan had taken the lethal dose of morphine himself. I don't know why that's the door. Hmm. He would claim that Tammy had come to his home. Okay, so this is the ex-boyfriend. Say that Tammy had come to his home with food and that she had insisted that he eat the pudding she made right away. Eat my damn eat pudding. Eat the pudding. Now, what flavor was the pudding? Oreo cream oh, pie. Oreo pudding. <laughs> I don't Ooh. know. It was probably chocolate. Tapioca. Oh, no. I would be like, fuck that shit. He claimed that it tasted like aspirin. It tastes like aspirin. aspirin. The fuck does aspirin even taste like? I don't like? know if you've let any Chalky. meds sit in your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah. I try mean, not to. Here, I know what you do. We're going to do an experiment live on air. Go get her Go get her an aspirin. She's just going to put on her tongue for a minute. See what happens. That's why I take Advil. It's coated. <laughs> Don't worry. They melt in your mouth, not in your hands. Ugh. So he took a, a few bites of it and fell out of it for several hours. It was just after this that Tammy had given him some papers that apparently pertained to a life insurance policy, making her the beneficiary. He said he refused to sign the papers. She left his home, making sure to take the bowl of pudding she had brought with her. Don't leave any evidence behind, Tammy. If you don't like it, you can throw it out. Just take it. So she went to his house. Yeah. How did he end up at her house? No, this is the ex-boyfriend. The ex- Oh, The ex-boyfriend okay. is- I missed, Stephen, Sorry, I missed that. I may not have. Yeah, Stephen Brown is the one. He's like, I got poisoned by her one time, and she tried <gasps> to get me to sign papers. So now we have a, you know, a history. On April 22nd- That was her poor attempt at being a serial killer. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's not cereal, it's pudding. <laughs> On April 22nd, 2011, a jury found Tammy guilty of murder along with several charges pertaining to insurance fraud and obstruction of justice. In May of 2011, she would be sentenced to 61 years. In 2012, Tammy would appeal her conviction and sentencing. The court upheld her murder conviction but had lowered the counts on the insurance fraud and obstruction of justice. According to the Department of Corrections, she received a 55-year sentence for murder, four years each on six counts of insurance fraud, and one and a half years each on three counts of obstruction of justice. Damn. So a lot. She is currently at the Rockville Correctional Facility in Rockville, Indiana, and her earliest possible release date is December 2040, when she will be 82 years old. She sucks. Most of that came from true crime discussion blog, Female Killers and Oxygen Snapped. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. So basically, dun, dun, dun. she tried to kill Stefan Brown with the pudding. Poison pudding. And then she was able to be successful the second time. Mm -hmm. I think Alan was so in love with her, he would have signed the paperwork no matter what it was. Yeah. And she just happened to drug him. Now, the thing they're saying is that if he took morphine in front of her like that straight just downed it, he would have died instantly. Like the morphine clicks your heart off. That so there's no way he took it in front of her and that he went outside or she left him outside and came down and woke him up in the morning was like, get the fuck out of here, Alan. There's no way. She said he mumbled at her like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to get up and go. There's no way. So she, they're pretty sure she poisoned him with the cyclobenzaprine in the Long Island iced tea. She knows he would drink it because he, she's offering him alcohol. And then the morphine drops were in the Oreo cream pie. He drank both of those, ate the pie, then passed out on the back porch, which is just a cement square. Mm -hmm. These are prefab homes, I think. And did not die. So she comes up the next morning and he is unconscious, probably barely breathing, but still alive. So they're pretty sure she forced the rest of the morphine down his throat while he was mostly unconscious. 
and that he didn't die. So until then she then. called her boyfriend and then called nine one one. I think also she w- went to a neighbor's house too and knocked on the door, but then left before the neighbor even got there. She's like, "Tammy, what are you doing?" And then hooked I'm her confused. dog up out in the yard or something. And people are weird; they do yeah. weird things. So if I had, I don't know. If I feel like if I had anyone I knew that I remotely cared about that took a drank an mm-hmm. entire bottle of drugs or whatever, I would have called nine one one. Yeah. We'd be getting out the hydrogen peroxide. I, mean, I guess the good news is nowadays, if they came back and said, oh, he must have committed suicide by drinking a thing of morphine and da-da-da-da-da, you'd go, okay, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's bullshit. So that would have been my question. Oh, so you just willingly watch someone drink an entire mm-hmm. bo- entire bottle of morphine yep. and you didn't call 911? Yep. Through Did tears. you want them? It sounds like She's you wanted like, oh, them to die. I didn't know what to do. Oh, God. So that just, that, there's some video. Even if in. I saw someone take one too many Flintstones vitamins, I'd be calling someone. They will throw up the rainbow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you watch anyone take too many of anything, you should be calling 911. Yeah. So it's like, get the peroxide out, throw it up, Ipecac, 911, something. Yeah. Activated charcoal. I don't have Ipecac. Should I? No. <laughs> she did not care. About him. Sound like and it. for a hundred grand, it's, that is nothing. Wh- it is nothing. In two thousand seven, it's still not that much. Mm-mm. No, you know, you think if you're going to do that, at least do it for money you could retire on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have to retire. Just on. get it. I uh, just have enough to get me through like five years or something. Yeah, Barely. and she liked to shop and spend money, so there's no way that money was even going to last her that long. If you have debt, what happens if you go to jail? That's a good question. <laughs> they can't get it out of you. No. So, am so I, I able to of... evade my student, student loans? By no, going because they to would jail? most likely they would most likely resume. <laughs> You'd have to die. In or, release. or you have to file bankruptcy. No, but I don't think student loans go away. Even if I you don't file think bankruptcy. they do. Either. No, no, no. I'm talking about what would happen. Oh, I did just get my own life insurance policy. Oh yeah, you did. Because if you die, they don't go away. Mm-mm. Student loans don't go away. How much is it costing you? How much? How much? I think mom gets enough to pay off my house and pay off my student loans and pay off my credit card debt. So like four or five hundred grand. Or not that much. Grand. And then she mom's also the beneficiary of my house and my car and my money. What about me? You don't count. What about me? Oh. Mine's life insurance and disability. So if I ever became disabled, they would give me like four thousand dollars a month to live. Yeah, I don't I have something of the sorts. Yeah. Plus Aflac. Yeah. So I don't think Tammy's getting out, but she's a fairly attractive woman. Real tan. She probably has a girlfriend now. Yeah. She'd do well in prison. Yeah. Yeah. You would have died instantly. You take that much morphine. It doesn't make sense anyway, because if oh. you cared about someone, you would call 911. It was the, also, she didn't want to say that he committed suicide because there's a clause in... in- the life insurance policy. That you cannot, com- you cannot take out an insurance policy and then commit suicide. So she wanted to make sure he definitely died of heat poison, or yeah. heat stroke and yeah. alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Not suicide. Or if he was murdered, that's fine. As long as it was not murder from her. Yeah. And she. So, yeah, they were saying. I'm shocked she didn't like blame her daughter or something. Oh, yeah. If someone had been around, she probably would have. Yeah. yeah. Insurance does not like it when you commit suicide. And they also don't yeah, like and it I don't when think you- they... They used to be able to, but I don't think they can deny you. If you buy, they can't say, um, 
yeah, you can commit suicide on it. I think I feel like there was a law change or something. I don't know that prevents you that that prevents the insurance companies from putting those clauses in. There might be. Um, makes sense. I mean, it's not your fault someone else takes their life, then you still gotta like pay, pay for their... their funeral services and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, a lot. No, I mean, if you don't have money for a funeral now, no funeral. Right. So. Oh yeah, my thing would cover all funeral costs. No, that's nice. Well, we're putting you in a cardboard box. Well, yeah, that's what will happen. <laughs> and to get is... the most money. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Your dad's like, well, we'll just bury her out back. We'll save some money. Yes. <laughs> well, that's easier to visit I wouldn't her. care. I wouldn't know either way. We'll put yeah. you in like one of those pods that you can bury in the ground and yeah, you become a tree. Be, that would actually be, be lovely and I wouldn't mind that at all. How much does that cost? Other than your decomposing body in the ground in the back or in the back. And the dogs always try to dig you up. Like, God damn it. They're digging up Carla again. Can't you bury, there's some they'll do with the um, ashes. They'll put you in some sort of pottery. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I saw something on Instagram where they're showing. I want to be in a mausoleum. Had good luck with that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Where they showed two containers that had ashes in them. And they're like, can you tell which one is cement and which one is actually person person like cement dust and i was like no i cannot tell no i, I cannot don't tell. i don't i don't do that on a day-to-day basis because that's what some funeral home was doing instead of burning the body they were bodies they were selling them selling them to where to what science to selling them to science oh and that carry giving the family them. members cement ash eh. cement dust eh. so check your ashes check them check wow them. make sure i don't know you can crack it open crack it open and check and say, yeah, it tastes like Carla. Yep. <laughs> Salty bitch. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I feel good about that one. I'm a little yeah. scared. A little scared? You got anything else? Yes. So for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. I didn't say all the other stuff, though. Oh, boo. Two, that's two weeks in a row. I don't care. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> really we can so, do whatever we want. <laughs> and I'm Ron Burgundy. Fuck you, San Francisco. Because someone else might let it slide, but I can't. being an asshole about it. Other people would let it slide. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. You can't just start a story in the middle and expect everyone to know what's going on. Yes, I do. (laughs) 